Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 25. In this episode, we are covering chapters 1, 2, and 3 from the book Six of Crows. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayenyi, casters. How you doing, girl? <laughs> uh, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, so... um fun thing our little casters is we are definitely um trying to make sure that we're doing our social distancing so we are doing our podcast from our own homes we are not in the same room or in the studio we are trying to do this far away from one another we are not even in the same city technically yeah we are not so Please hang tight with us. We are going to try to do this. There will not be any fun sound effects. Um, not until we get back into the studio where things are a lot easier. We kind of had to scramble to try to figure out how to do the podcast just where we are now. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm in my bedroom. This is the most people I've ever had in my bedroom at once. So welcome, y'all. Woo, girl. <laughs> Spicy. Spicy. It's exciting. Yeah. It is. Terry, you're reaching some world records there, girl. It so. is. It's, it's, <laughs> it is a new record in my life. <laughs> I can't wait to like see how many people listened and then we can be like, this many people were in your room. Got like how many thousands of people that are just going to be in my room? This is kind of cool. And I'm drinking margaritas. They're extra sassy. Oh, so of course they're sassy. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I am just sitting next to, of course, our producer slash husband, Chris, and Aww. he's just making sure we don't do anything too stupid or blow up anything. <laughs> um, so We're in good hands. How, yeah. So how have you been? How is everything? Like, I mean, so we're in season two now, guys. I can't believe that. I can't believe we've made it to Six of Crows, which is great. We're in a whole um, another group of books. We are. And what I'm so excited about is this is your first time reading them. It is. <laughs> so like, this is going to be my second time reading through six of crows. Um, I am really excited and had a great time reading what we've read, but what are your first thoughts on it, by the way? Like, so it you... is written very differently. Isn't it? It yeah. is. Um, I can already tell, you know, it's darker. It's mm -hmm. not as, um, why a, yeah, I mean, I haven't really gotten to anything like crazy yet, so um, it's still it's still YA at the moment, but it's definitely written a little darker than the first grouping. Yes, I I absolutely agree. I think it's just there's a total I don't know. I just I I read it so different. It's just a different. There's it's so different from our our first it's from the Shadow and Bone, which is going to be really cool because I mean, now you're getting to understand the six of crows characters. Well, you will. And it's going to be neat to see how they mesh this show together. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> going to be crazy. It is. So anyways, well, I guess, um, we have some, oh, uh, city shout outs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, we do. Yes. So, so our first one is Wellingboro, England. Woohoo. And Jerusalem, Israel. Yay. And Beaverton, Oregon. Go Beaverton. Go that Beaverton. Is, that is awesome. And a huge shout out to all my fellow Jews in Jerusalem and my Jews all over the world. Happy last night of Passover. Yay. Yay. You can now eat leavened bread. So <laughs> that's, that's what we all want. 
Yes. Well, at sundown, you can. <laughs> well, actually, wait a minute. I just realized when you're going to be hearing this, this is, yeah. So sorry about that. Everyone yeah. will be eating bread by yeah, the time, by the time you, Exactly. By the time you hear this, it you'll be eating that challah, eating those biscuits and gravy and pizza and all that stuff. So <laughs> All the things your heart desires. All the things. While you're in quarantine. Exactly. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> well, um... I guess we should get right to it, shouldn't we, girl? I guess we, we should. Got... Okay, so we're going to start chapter one. And actually, before we do chapter one, we always do a recap. But we don't have a recap because we finished. We don't have anything going on. And like we're just starting this book. So it's kind of exciting. I mean, if you just remember, this is, I guess, I think I've heard that this book takes place four months after The Shadow okay. and Bone. I think. I think. Or maybe I'm getting that really confused <laughs> with maybe that's how King of Scars Things is. Things probably should I don't have know. researched beforehand. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, so we know that it happened after well, the fact. Go. We know that. In so, a land far away. In a land. For, yes, exactly. On this little island called Kirch. So anyway, so starting chapter one. The cool thing about the series also is our chapters have a name so we know whose eye that's the way i always think about it whose eyes we're like reading the story through but it's who it's yeah. following so uh, yeah so our first chapter is called jost and we are in ketterdam the capital of kirch the gelstrat is the rich part of town and the ketterdam weather was not cooperating and i've got a little quote here There'd been no breeze off the harbor that day, and a gray milk fog had wreathed the city's canals and crooked alleys in damp. Even here among the mansions of the Gelstrat, the air hung thick with the smell of fish and bile water and smoke from the refineries on the court. The city's outer islands had smeared the night sky in a briny haze. The full moon looked less like a jewel than a yellowy blister in need of lancing end quote i just like that quote just because it's um it's in the very beginning but it paints like this picture of this dark city which is like i just feel like it's so different starts off very different from where we were in shadow yeah and shadow and bone that trilogy was very um lots of colors pretty it was very yeah. colorful and then um i extremely like the uh, moon being like a yellowy blister i am going to keep yeah. that in my life now Yes, it's it's written. It's there's a lot of beautiful writing, um, and her writing just, I feel like it just really changed when she started writing Six of Crows. It's just like she's, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I guess I've just since Six of Crows, her writing stays like it's just it evolved, and I really love how much she learned. I guess in between writing Shadow and Bone and graduating to Six of Crows, and it's just it's really cool. So. It's neat to be following in Lee's footsteps and watching her riding. So anyways, back into the story. So we meet Jost, a guard f- um, for the Stod Watch, but has been commissioned to be a guard for the Hode House this evening. So Councilman Hode is a very high up is very high up in the Ketterdam government. And Jost, we find out, is in love with a Grisha named Aww. Anya. I know. So just a couple definitions of some things. We hear about the barrel, and the barrel is the slums of Ketterdam where the gangs and crime lords fight for land. 
the Crow Club, which is Kaz Brecker's casino, is located in the barrel, and he and his gang own everything from there to the docks. So another de- – I, I just feel like sometimes they throw out some stuff that we don't all know exactly what it is, and I just felt like maybe we should have a little definition thing. So I'm also telling you the Merchant Council is mentioned, and that is the main governing body of Kirch. So just Lots a little lesson right there for you. Exactly. Take it all in. <laughs> so moving on, Jost is on his rounds, and he usually gets to see Anya, and that is how he got to meet her. Um, Just, Jost is preparing to see Anya this evening by trying to come up with a compliment for her eyes, which happened to be brown, and he's not doing so good trying to come up with this compliment. We see him wrestling with it. Um, He's just trying to... He's trying so hard, and... It's just not working too well for him because, I mean, truthfully, I mean, can you think of something really pretty to say when that like, I mean, your eyes look tree like bark. what? <laughs> yeah, tree bark is what he, That's what he said. Exactly. I kept, I kept on thinking shit turns. Oh. Um, I know that's not what he said, but every time like he was trying to come up with something, I was just like shit turns. <laughs> Mud. Just because it made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is a hard thing to think about. Yeah, it would be. If you really do. <clears throat> I can't think of it. I mean, you could say, does he end up saying chocolate? No, maybe he mentions it. I don't know, but chocolate is pretty. pretty. It tastes good. Feel good. (laughs) It sure does. When Jost gets to the Grisha workshop, he notices that the doors are wide open, and he goes in, and Yuri nor Anya are there. Only Retvenko, and he's wearing his dark blue robes, so he is a squalor. Um, We learn that Hode has three Grisha indentures. and which is funny i was like what's an indenture i don't get that and i had to like i know but i figured it out obviously (laughs) i mean it's someone that is kind of like your apprentice or laborer so um he's got his own like grisha indentures so it something's like i mean people are owning grisha it's like a servant Um, that has something to pay off yes exactly and so we learn also it was rumored that Rhett Vanko fought for the Darkling in the Civil War that had happened in the Shadow and Bone Shout series. out, Darkling. Shout out. R.I.P. Rhett... <laughs> yeah. Rest <laughs> in peace. Rhett Vanko asked Jost if he has heard anything about Yuri. Jost responds that he has no clue. Yuri fell sick a couple of days ago, and Jost hasn't seen him since. Redvenko tells Jost that Anya was taken by Hode one hour ago, the same as Yuri. Redvenko then explains that Hode came for Yuri a couple days ago, then Yuri returns sick and then vanishes. So he's trying to explain, like, something's going on, and now Anya isn't here, it seems to, and she was taken by him, it seems like the same thing that happened to Yuri. Um, so Jost questions this and then thinks possibly that maybe Anya was taken because someone needed to be healed because she's a healer. But Venko is ready for Jost to leave. <laughs> so he uses his squalid power to create this huge wind to throw him back through the door. <laughs> Jost lands pretty much in the garden, which I just thought was really funny. And when he lands, another guard, his name is Rutger, sees him land and he's um he's one of Hode's house guards. And so he's just waiting there. Rutger explains that all the guards are needed to needed in the boathouse, and that includes Jost. 
So they start walking together towards the dock. And I've got a quote here. And what had Red Vanko meant about Yuri and Anya being taken anyway? Had he been covering for Anya? Grisha indentures were kept to the house for good reason. To walk the streets without protection was to risk getting plucked up by a slaver and never seen again. Maybe she's meeting someone. Just speculated miserably. End quote. So I just put that in there just because, I mean, we really get to see that, I mean, this is a whole other country that, I mean, is treating Grisha completely differently. I mean, they are, they can be in danger by just walking on the streets because they could be kidnapped and become slaves. So that's just very different from Shadow and Bone from where we came from. Yeah, we see, I think, you know, um, all the little countries, areas kind of had their own way of how they treated Grisha. Oh my gosh, they do. And it's, yeah, they do. So we're learning how Kirch is right now. And did we learn, do you remember if by chance they mentioned anything about like the way Fjorda was like in Shadow and Bone? Do you remember it? I, like, I know I, I don't probably... remember it off the top of my head, but I do know that there was a discussion about it. Yeah, I don't know whether they go like deep, deep into it, but I mean, it's just, it is neat to see how the different countries like treat grisha some like absolutely hate them and just want to kill all of them some want to use their blood for like remedies so yeah so we're learning about kurt right now so joe's thoughts are interrupted by lights coming from the boathouse so he's always noticing there's something going on down there and here is another quote a few weeks before, Jose had been told that Hode's boathouse would be undergoing improvements and to strike it from his rounds. But when he and Rutger, Rutger entered, he saw no paint or scaffolding. The gondols and oars had been pushed up against the walls. The other house guards were there in their sea green library. The and Jost recognized two Stodwatch guards in purple, but most of the interior was taken up by a huge box, a kind of freestanding cell that looked like it was made from reinforced steel. It seems thick with rivets, a huge window embedded in one of its walls. The glass had a wavy bent, and through it, Jost could see a girl seated at a table, clutching her red silks tight around her. Behind her, a Stodwatch guard stood at attention. Anya, Jost realized with a start. Her brown eyes were wide and frightened, her skin pale. The little boy sitting across from her looked doubly terrified. His hair was sleep, mused, and his legs dangled from the chair, kicking nervously at the air. End quote. So I just, that's, she just explains what he sees in such a great way and a better way than I could even try to explain that. So that just kind of gives us a picture of what he walks into and sees. So that's interesting. It is. <laughs> Definitely. Um, kind of interesting to see what happens. So Jost is wondering what's going on, of course. He notices that he sees Councilman Hode is there, along with another mercher. Um, both of them happen to be dressed in their in black, and they're talking to the captain of the Stodwatch. Anya looks out at Jost, which triggers a memory of his first time meeting Anya at the Grisha workshop. Um, and he just re reminisces about how she healed his bruised cheek. And after Jost sees her smile, he pretty much was done for. And that's when he fell in love with her. So Rutger tells Jost that she can't. So 
it's funny because Joe actually thinks that Anya's looking at him, and I think it's just like she looks up and happens to be looking in his direction, um, but she can't actually see him because Rutger explains that that is a mirrored wall. She can't he see. He just wishes. That. He does. Poor <laughs> Jost. really craving this Anya. Anya. Hode and the captain come to some agreement, and Hode enters the cell. He tells the boy to be brave, and there will be some Kruga in it for him. He tells Anya to do as she's told, and this will be over soon. So I'm guessing, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Kruga? Kruge? I was saying Kruge in my head, but... Oh, girl, that's new. I haven't <laughs> heard that one. I like that. Kruge? Who mm. knows? Well, well, yeah. Well, you know, I didn't listen to the audio book on this one, so I will. Um, I'll have to listen and see how they pronounce it. So somebody but, um, call us. That out. is it's fine. Let us know. Yes, exactly. You can, but that is the form. That is their yes. money. We so were talking about that, that in the last. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we were talking we about were. Rovkin money in the last one, and we had no idea what it was. <laughs> so we know what this one is. Yeah, <laughs> we do exactly. It's Cruz. <laughs> It sounds so elegant. I don't know. It sounds like crude. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> so Ho tells something to the guard behind Anya and then steps out and locks the cell. So just here's the merchant. He didn't know. Tell Hode, you're sure this is wise? This girl is a corporal, Nick. After what happened to your fabricator? Hode replies, if it was Retvenko, I'd be worried. But Anya has a sweet disposition. She's a healer, not prone to aggression. And you've lowered the dose? Yes, but we're agreed that if we have the same results as the fabricator, the council will compensate me. I can't be asked to bear that expense. End quote. So something really is going on that we have no clue. Um, it's obviously some kind of experiment. And we know that he lost so, the fabricator. Exactly. Or like some, yeah, something like, bad. Because the happened. fabricator we, can't well, fulfill their duties anymore. So he needs compensation for the fabricator. So yeah. if the same thing happens to um, Anya, um, then he, he wants, wants money. money. Yeah, because I mean, they're, I'm sure Grisha is not cheap to come by. My God. So there is an experiment going on. And the experiment begins. So the guard goes and cuts the boy's forearm. And Anya heals it. Hode ha is very pleased with this. So then they start sequence two. Hode tells the guard, now the parm. They make Anya swallow the contents of a little baggie, which is a drug she has never heard of. Um, which, is, I'm guessing, which is obviously the parm. Hode explains that she is to do only what they ask her to do so they can judge the effects of the drug. The guard is there just in case she doesn't follow directions. Then the drug hits and her pupils dilate and she takes in a deep breath. Hode commands her to heal the boy. Here is what she does in this next quote. She waved her hand through the air, the gesture almost dismissive, and the cut on the boy's arm sealed instantly. The blood lifted briefly from his skin in droplets of red then vanished. His skin looked perfectly smooth, all trace of blood or redness gone. The boy beamed. That was definitely magic. End quote. So that's very different than what we know from Shadow and Bone of how healers heal. They always usually had to use, like, she just waved her arm and all of a sudden, like, 
cut gone when we were in shadow and bone they had to like touch their, they were touching like very close to the skin like doing like really precise work and it didn't happen yeah, that there was quickly. all that like itching sensation of everything healing like not slowly but more slow yep. than that so that you could feel all exactly. the healy itchy things Exactly. It never hurt. It just kind of, yeah, they always explained it was an itch. So this drug has definitely done something crazy. So they all notice she didn't even touch the boy to heal him. Then they say they're going to move on to the next part of the experiment by cutting off the boy's thumb. Anya smiles at the guard in the cell and tells him. So this is all done really weird. Um, It's just kind of just a lot is going on. But Anya, yeah, as I said, Anya smiles at the guard in the cell and tells him to shoot the glass. He looks like he's been hypnotized and he actually, he ends up shooting the glass. So everyone starts to freak out. The guards want to shoot her, but Hode keeps saying no because of how much (laughs) money she is worth. Then Anya screams out, wait, and everyone hears it. And to me, it looks like she has hypnotized every single person in this room. that's what I'm catching Yeah, it's just so crazy. And it ends with her telling Ho to come into the cell and to pick up the knife. End scene. I'm kidding. (laughs) End end chapter. It's the end of the chapter. It was just done so dramatically. It also says says his panic vanished, that he knew he was frightened, but now like the fear is completely gone and he was filled with expectation. So he's... He's hypnotized. He only needed to wait. And that was after her saying, wait. That's just so cool. I want to do that. I love it. I know. Same here. Actually, I have been hypnotized. Have before. you? I'm not even joking. I'm not I've even joking. I've tried to yeah. so many times, and like nobody's been able to get me to be hypnotized. I've only had the experience. I've only, I guess, had someone try to hypnotize me once, and it happened, and it was so embarrassing because it was at one of those damn zany <laughs> shows. Oh no! Uh... Chris took me, and like. I seriously, like, I can't believe they got me to go up there, but I got up there with, like, that big group of people, and I ended up, like, I seriously, like, I tell you God's honest truth. Like, the last thing I remember, I remember he was trying to get us to relax and calm down, and, like, I just remember just, like, this bright light, and it just all of a sudden fading, and the next thing I saw this bright light, and I remember seeing Chris's face, and he was smiling, and people we were with were laughing, and I had this song stuck in my head and it was thriller michael jackson's thriller and what was funny is when they had this whole thing videotaped and i guess like they had me dancing to thriller on the stage it's so weird it was really freaky actually has to be Um, super freaky i have never blacked out i've never had any i've never had a moment where i didn't know what happened i've never been hypnotized and i've i've had people try and i've been to things where like there's professional hypnotists but no one's been able to actually do it girl maybe we should try it when you come to the fair this year (laughs) (laughs) they always have the hypnotist there it worked for me it was so weird like i i every time i walk by the hypnotist when we go to the fair like i try to walk by as fast as i can because i know that like it happened last time but i just don't want anything to happen again so run away like i'm like It's freaky. I'll have to show you that video sometime. Um, I'm it is so concerned that I haven't seen it yet. Like, well, are to we tell you the truth, friends? I have no clue where it is. <laughs> of course, you're a girl. I just don't know where it is. We have to ask Chris. He probably has it in a lockbox or he something. He probably has it like so, already. Um, yeah, he does. 
So, so we're starting chapter two. This chapter is Inej. We get to meet Inej, which is so That's cool. A fun name too. Um, she's it is, um, and it's just a she's a fun character. So, I'm starting this off with the opening paragraph that I just love. Here we go. Kaz Brecker didn't need a reason. Those were the words whispered on the streets of Ketterdam, in the taverns and coffee houses, in the dark and bleeding alleys of the pleasure district known as the Barrel. The boy they called Dirty Hands didn't need a reason any more than he needed permission to break a leg, sever an alliance, or change a man's fortunes with the turn of a card. End quote. Love it. Just because Kazbrecker is such a badass, <laughs> and that is such a great way to describe, like, just to get us going in this chapter. Um, I just love everything about Kaz. The more you learn about him, like, you'll see. It's just like it gets well, so he's exciting. And I love hands, that he. So I mean, is it? So I was just about to say. I was like, it's such an awesome, like, badass, like, it's name. very gangster. So, it is, and I just love his actual name. I love the name Kaz. It's just, I think that's cool. So, anyways. Started off talking about Kaz, but we're in this for Inej. And we're seeing this through Inej's eyes. So we meet Inej, who is going to meet up with Kaz and the group of members from the Dregs, um, which uh, is a gang in um, Ketterdam. And Kaz Brecker happens to be the lieutenant of the Dregs. And so she's going to meet up with them um, and find out what the events are for this evening. So... The Dregs are the street gang run by Per Haskell, who is getting old and has appointed Kaz as his lieutenant. Their base is called the Slat. Their symbol is a crow, and their arch rivals are the Dime Lions. Inej is Kaz's most trusted spy and spider, someone who scales walls and breaks into facilities. So, by the way, that was just the definition I wanted to give you guys of the dregs. I, so, sorry, Terry, if you've all of a sudden thought, like, oh, my God, I missed a lot. <laughs> like, no, that was um, just a little definition okay, gotcha. so we can know better. Yeah, that's just what the dregs are. And I went a little bit further in of, like, you know, what they are and who their rivals are. So there's a lot of gangs in Ketterdam that we'll find out through this chapter. Um, we don't get to meet all of them, but just to let you know, there's a lot of them. So Inej counts her knives um, for luck, like she does before any fight or any moment she feels she might need some extra little oomph, or I guess some luck. I love that I, about Inej. I just think that's really cool that she counts her knives. Um, and we even learned later, I think she has names for them. So there is a parlay taking place this evening. And Kaz, the dreg lieutenant, need needed to be needed to have seconds or seconded by his men, and all of them had to come to the exchange unarmed. So he's got to have two people that I guess follow him into this parlay, and all of them can't have any weapons. So here's a little more about defining the exchange and some great storytelling. I think. Inej turned her gaze to the exchange. It was little more than a large rectangular courtyard surrounded by warehouses and shipping offices. But during the day, it was the heart of Ketterdam, bustling with wealthy merchants buying and selling shares in the trade voyages that passed through the city's ports. Now it was nearly 12 bells, and the exchange was deserted by, but for the guards who patrolled the perimeter and the rooftop. There'd 
been bri- they'd been bribed to look the other way during tonight's parlay. The exchange was one of the few remaining parts of the city that hadn't been divvied up and claimed in the ceaseless skirmishes between Ketterdam's rival gangs. It was supposed to be neutral territory, but it didn't feel neutral to Inej. It felt like the hush of the woods before the snare yanks tight and the rabbit starts to scream. It felt like a trap. End quote. So that just kind of obviously paints us a picture, explains a little bit more about the exchange. But also what I think is really cool is this is the first time that we kind of hear about the time and it's like 12 bells and things like that. So our 12 o'clock is actually like, I mean, in Ketterdam, it's 12 bells. I think that's kind of cool. So yeah, I don't know if I caught that the first time. I think I was just like yeah. thinking of like chiming, like. Like when the clock goes off, like when the chimes go off. So I don't think I like yeah. caught that the first time around. Well, to be honest, I think the only reason I know that is because as we get further into this book, they there's clear times that are set out and they use this reference. So that's why it's I don't think I would somebody that's read it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um it just stuck out to me because this is the second time reading it. And I was like, oh, they mentioned it in here. So, but yeah, yeah I understand completely. <laughs> I, I don't think I noticed that until I got to the end of the book. So Inej is concerned that something is up, obviously, from that quote. We, she feels like it's a trap and gives Kaz a warning about her, like, premonition that something is up. Kaz tells the gang that Giles, who is the lieutenant of another gang, who they happen to have a parlay with this evening is smart enough to cause some trouble. So he's giving them a warning. He tells his peeps to pretty much stay sharp. So anyways, he specifically tells, um, tells Inej, the Wraith that the dregs. And by the way, the Wraith, that's what the dregs call her. That's her little nickname. Um, he tells her to stay hidden during this parlay. So now we've made it guys to the famous, most wonderful quote ever. So here we are. No mourners, Jesper said as he tossed his rifle to Roddy. No funerals, the rest of the dregs muttered in reply. Woohoo! There we go. <laughs> Sorry, that's just so exciting. The first time we hear no mourners, no funerals. Big moment, especially for all our Six of Crows beats out there that, that are huge fans away. of it. Yes, you will. Oh my god, it's so amazing. Um, so anyways, I want to go real quickly into a little bit about that quote. Um, no mourners, no funerals. A lot of people talk about what this means, and here's what I kind of think. The dregs say this phrase to each other before parting, particularly before going on dangerous missions, similarly to like good luck or sometimes, I mean, people think, I, I think they say like Godspeed or something. However, it has a darker connotation. Firstly, it refers to how the dregs are all criminals and outcasts who have no one to mourn them or give them funerals should one of them, should one of these missions, they get killed. Secondly, the phrase is an understanding between the members, not the, um, the members that dying is a possibility of their job and is kind of an agreement to not mourn each other and just move on. So that's how, I don't know. I just think that's, I think that's kind of what no mourners, no funerals means. There's a lot of discussions on it. So um, that's what I've gotten from it. Um, But 
I've also read this book, so I don't expect Terry to like nope. have thought of like figured nope, any of that no out. Idea. But in case you were wondering, that's what I think it kind of means because they never in this book tell you exactly what it means. Um, it's just kind of put in there. So before Nej takes for the shadows, Kaz taps her with his um, amazing cane <laughs> um, with a crow's head on it and tells her to watch the rooftops. Um, he th- the Gilles, um might have persuaded the guards to take the Black Tips side, which is so Gills is the lieutenant of the Black Tips, and the Black Tips is the gang they're about to meet. Um, Inej goes and gets herself in place. Uh, the parlay is only for the lieutenants and their seconds, but she doesn't trust Gills and the Black Tips enough to let them meet alone. Inej also had a special shoe made um, out of rubber for her to be able to climb and move around like a ninja without being heard. So I just, that's a really important <laughs> little fact. She is like a little we, ninja. She is. That's the only way, that's the only way I could describe it. I was trying to figure <laughs> it out. I think I was trying to figure out what's, remember the word spider, but I couldn't. So I was like, whatever, she's a ninja. She is, she's a little bitty ninja. <laughs> Moving quickly and fast. And, Silent. Yeah, so... Exactly. So Inej watches as Kaz, Big Bolliger, and Jesper meet up with the Black Tips. So the seconds pat down their rivals to make sure no one has brought a weapon. The reason for the parlay is that the Black Tips have been coming onto Fifth Harbor and conducting their business when Fifth Harbor actually belongs to the Dregs. It's their territory. Pl- plus, the Black Tips intercepted a shipment of Jurda. Jurda that was for the dregs um or at least in at this part it's assumed um because kaz is waiting for it apparently gills we find out that gills has actually paid off the stod watch which are supposed to be neutral this evening so the stod watch if you remember are the guards that are actually on the tops of the roofs of this square and should be just like not not watching what's going on just kind of turning a cheek to whatever the gangs are doing below and so we find out like i mean gills obviously he's a not going by the rules so much and has paid them off to be on his side um gills has the stod watch um shoot and they end up actually like big bolliger gets shot jesper yells at gills for breaking neutral territory rules and Gilles tells them that no one will know because no one is getting out of there alive. So Kaz surprises Gilles by telling him he knows the name of one of the Stodwatch, who he supposedly has paid off um, and has on his side. So then there is an, there's a shot near Gilles' feet, and Gilles gets worried. So I know that's a lot. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> it's hard to explain. But You're doing a good job. Kaz, well, Kaz pretty much, where Gilles thought that he had paid off the Stodwatch, Kaz actually intercepted that and I guess has paid one of the Stodwatch more. And all of a sudden, Gilles realizes that like him paying them off wasn't so worth it because they're not completely on his side and he's not exactly sure. The scene gets really complicated to try to explain just because there's so much action yes, going on. Yes, it was on. a very confusing read, but you're doing really good. You're like, you're helping me even, so. Oh, Lord. Well, so I kind of just summed it up now. Here's what <laughs> they find out that Big Bolliger actually is working for the Gills. 
uh, I'm sorry, working for Gales, the lieutenant. He's at, and Kaz figures that out because he was watching Big Bolliger, who is normally this lazy bouncer. And he watched how all of a sudden he was getting up really early in the morning and going going off. And it kind of coincided with the same time that this Jurda shipment was coming in. So Kaz all of a sudden realized that Big Bolliger actually was working on the working for the black tips and also that is how gills was able to bring a gun into this situation because big bolliger happened to be the one that patted him down so he let gills bring this gun in um that actually it just gets it gets really <laughs> tense you kind of think kaz is going to get shot but you don't really know but then kaz starts being like you know what like showing showing his deck showing his hand he starts showing that like actually he's got these people in his pocket and anyways long story short um, they end up getting to keep their territory and they leave Big Bolliger on the ground behind because he's been shot and he's, and he's a traitor dirty. to he is. So it's a very exciting scene. If you don't like my rendition of it, go read it. <laughs> because and figure it out. You try to figure because I can't figure out how to do a better job. I kind of was like, oh my God, this is really complicated. I mean it's it's not when you read it, but trying to like it figure was, out your own wording. It like, was complicated when uh, I read it. Like I had to go through it a few times okay. on my like I okay. seriously went back several times and it took me a while because you know, there are all these brand new characters that you're just exactly. meeting. And then there's all this action in this like parlay that actually sounds a lot nicer than saying a fight. Yes, exactly. Par parlay is very fancy. But yeah, I'm glad you feel that because I felt the same way. Like, even when I remember reading it for the first time, I was just like really confused. This time was a lot easier because I kind of understood it. But the first time reading it, I remember I was like, what is going on? Just because exactly what you said, there's just so many characters and you're trying to really understand what's going on. So and Kaz um, did that anyways, whole like, that um, oh, you got a girl. I'm going to set her place on yes. fire. So that's how he ends up getting out of like all this is because he threatens Gills and lets Gills know that he actually knows his girl. He knows where his girl lives and that he's exactly and what he said. Like sirens. He's gonna... Yeah, which happened to like, <laughs> yeah. Just, just, yeah. So Gills pretty much lets them go and lets them have their territory, which belonged to them right? anyways. So, I mean, he. He didn't give up anything. He just decided. He just pretty much was like, "Okay, fine. I guess I'll just give in." <laughs> Don't hurt my girl. Because Kaz, yeah, Kaz threatened him. So that is the end of chapter two. Okay, so now we're going into chapter three. And Terry, I'm gonna let you do this. All right, one. <laughs> chapter three, y'all. This chapter follows Kaz after all of this fun parlaying around. Uh, he <laughs> right. It's like a party. Um <laughs> Oh yeah. So he returns. And everyone is cheering and they want to know like what's going down or what went down. And uh, we can tell that he's not a huge talker. He's not really talking. Uh, but he does notice that no one is saying Big Bolliger's name because he feels like they all kind of feel betrayed at that point. Uh, Jesper yeah. is mad at Kaz because he didn't warn him. So we can see some tension there. I just kind of filed that away as that might come up later. Um, so... I just I gathered from all that that Kaz is just this like he's a big he isn't a very big talker because even through like the parlay he didn't say anything yeah. more than like what he really needed to say. Um, 
I we agree. learn that Kaz joined the dregs at the age of 12 and that he took them from quote unquote laughing stock to a group that's now running the show and that are actually feared. Uh, so that's, I that's know, so right? <laughs> at 12 years old. It's so early. Like, my God, at 12, at my son's I was age. a year away. From, yeah, I was a year away from my bar mitzvah. And Kaz is doing all this like crazy yeah. badass shit, and I was just like, I need to go study my Torah portion <laughs> at my middle schooler's <laughs> age. Let's just let's start wow. a gang. <laughs> yeah, that's. Nuts. I mean, I shouldn't laugh because I'm sure in other places that's an actual thing. <sighs> well, yeah, but still, it's crazy that we learn his age and the things that he was yeah. doing then. That's insane. Um, so he's thinking about kind of all this as he's walking alone, which is. It's not something like most folk will do, but he says, if you can't do that, then he considers you soft. Um, <laughs> but as he's walking, he senses Inej is following him. So he calls out to her. And through their conversation, we know that Kaz has bluffed about the fire. And he doesn't show all of his cards because he says, when everyone knows you're a monster, you needn't waste time doing every monstrous thing. Meaning that he's got a reputation for being a monster. And so he doesn't have to actually do anything anymore. He can just threaten to do it. And everyone believes him because of his reputation. Yeah. Absolutely. So I actually kind of like that bit. because So then we know that he is like kind of like the, the big bad dredgy guy at this point. <laughs> he is. Um, so they, Inej leaves and he senses someone else in the alley. And uh, this person just, like, beats him up and then freaking steps through a wall. It just goes <laughs> into a wall. Yeah. Um, this is the first time we hear the name Jordy in Kaz's thoughts. Um, yeah. And during his confusion, uh, the, uh, the maybe ghost jabs him in the neck with a needle. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't a ghost. No. Ghosts can't hold needles. So I called, so I called it a no. maybe ghost. Um. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, so Kaz wakes up tied to a chair, and he sees a guy dressed as a medic, and then another guy who he thinks is a merch or merchant. Um, the merch ends up being a guy named Van Eck, who is like this do-gooder merch who likes to hire people uh, from their bad ways and give them an honest job. Uh, yeah, and I think I think it's also. Van Eck's like part of the government. He's he's like part of. He, I feel I feel like he's one of like he's big up there and like he's a count, councilman kind of like Ho. Oh, okay, I think just like, yeah. So because I yeah sorry just I I was just remembering that I think that's where um because he wants <laughs> go on sorry I'll stop talking. <laughs> you can talk whenever you want to. Um, so what? as they're talking back and forth, Kaz like slips out of his chains, grabs a letter opener, and puts it to Van Eck's throat. And Van Eck is like, whoa, Damn. whoa, 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 I can explain. <laughs> and he calls out for Micah, and the maybe ghost appears again through a wall. <laughs> um, and he's this time he can see that he's wearing a Tidemaker's coat. So we now know that it's a maybe Grisha ghost. <laughs> okay maybe, maybe grisha ghost. ghost um or grisha maybe ghost so van eck ex <laughs> van eck explains that the grisha maybe ghost is on jurda param so that's the first time we actually hear the full drug name 
um, which is yeah. different from the Jurda we've heard before, because we can remember mm-hmm. in the um, the the first trilogy that uh, they've talked about Jurda before, how it's a stimulant, how Alina worked in the fields, and it's orange, and um, so it's not exactly the same thing. It comes from the same plant, <laughs> and they're not right. sure of the process, but it was sent to the Kirch Merchants Council by a shoe scientist named Boyle Bayer. Good job, thank girl. You, thank you. And I also <laughs> like how every time they say his name, it's Boyle Bayer. It's not just Bo, like <laughs> Yo Bo. It's like yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. They got to make they it do. hard on you. So that actually leads us into our first and only reading of this evening. Ooh. Scene, scene one one we don't have our fun little si- uh, sound effects but we will get through it just as well so we this is between Banek and kaz kind of explaining the background of how we got to where we are now with this jurda perim um so mm-hmm. Vanek is going to be played by eric and kaz is going to be played by me so Ooh. here we go let's, let's do, do it. this i guess i should ask if you're ready Oh, I am. All right. Let's do it. The merchant cleared his throat. When Boyul Bayor sent us the sample of Jurda Parem, we fed it to three Grisha, one from each order. Happy volunteers? Indentures, Vanek conceded. The first two were a fabricator and a healer indentured to Councilman Hode. Micah is a tide maker. He's mine. You've seen what he can do using the drug. Why did that name ring a bell? I don't know what I've seen, Kaz said as he glanced at Micah. The boy's gaze was focused intently on Vanek as if waiting his next command. Or maybe another fix. An ordinary tide maker can control currents, summon water or moisture from the air or a nearby source. They manage the tides in our harbor, but under the influence of Jurdaparem, a tide maker can alter his own state from solid to liquid to gas and back again, and do the same with other objects, even a Kaz wall. was tempted to deny it, but he couldn't explain what he'd just seen any other way. How? It's hard to say. You're aware of the amplifiers some Grisha wear? I've seen them, Kaz said. Animal bones, teeth, scales. I hear they're hard to come by. Very, but they only increase a Grisha's power. Jurda Parem alters a Grisha's perception. Grisha manipulate matter at its most fundamental levels. They call it the small science. Under the influence of Jurda Parem, those manipulations become faster and far more precise. In theory, Jurda Parem is just a stimulant like its ordinary cousin, but it seems to sharpen and hone a Grisha's senses. They can make connections with extraordinary speed. Things become possible that simply shouldn't What be. does it do to sorry sobs like you and me? Vanek seemed to bristle slightly at being lumped in with Kaz, but he said, It's lethal. An ordinary mind cannot tolerate Parem in even the lowest End doses. scene. So, uh, we Go did girl. that from far away from each other, so you're welcome. <laughs> yes, you are very welcome, peeps. <laughs> this ain't easy. mystery. <laughs> Um, it is. It is. So I, <laughs> I wanted to go through that one because I just thought it was interesting that um, 
you know, we're talking about under the influence of Jodaparam, it's completely different than um, than just the amplifier. So when your perception yeah. is different, then I guess maybe you can uh, you can do things a little differently if you're thinking differently. Absolutely, yeah. It's it does it. It's a great definition and explanation of kind of more about this drug that we just don't know up until we really get to yeah, this, this chapter. Is the, that's the first uh, time that they've actually said anything about it up to this point. We we had like a, a glimpse of it in the first chapter, but we didn't know exactly what it was. Exactly. We were more confused in the first chapter. Yeah, of like, what the hell is on? that? Why is Anya it's, acting all weird? Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. It's so cool though. I think it's awesome that all of a sudden, like the Grisha verse has a drug right? <laughs> that people, that people can get addicted to and then like even like withdraw from i mean that's very realistic it is, of course so um so yeah. we heard what like the tide maker was able to do or we've seen what the tide maker was able to do with the maybe ghost and kaz <laughs> asks about the other two um van Eck tells well shows him that the fabricator had turned lead into gold not only is uh-huh. that super impressive it's important <laughs> it's important <laughs> to know because the shoe have been paying off their debts with a sudden influx of gold and that's probably how they got it. So they're probably making these poor Grisha turn lead into gold so they could pay off their debts because we know that they're not the nicest people in the whole wide world. No, they are not. <laughs> um, what that's even more important because if the power is out there, the financial markets and the economy would probably just collapse. I mean, with all this gold everywhere, then what's it really worth? Uh, That's why Van Eck then tells Kaz that he wants him to kidnap Bo. And uh, Bo has asked for asylum, but he was caught by the Fjordans. And he's awaiting trial at the ice court. Which, I don't know why, that just gives me like an awesome, like, I don't know, Frozen vibe of like the ice castle. A chill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is called the ice court. It has to be like made of ice. (laughs) <laughs> probably yeah. not but well well we'll see it is in Fjorda, so i mean it's very cold okay. up there i we guess know that you said we'll see yeah. so i guess we're going there i'm glad i <laughs> oh sorry i'm glad i said the name then i i i was i debated i'm like is it important to say the name but they said the name so i'm gonna put it in there okay it is well i mean also real quickly wait a minute i want to look at my copy of this we have an extra, if you, in the book, there is a map of the ice court. Is it in the front? Ooh, uh-huh. y'all turn to the front of your book. It's, yeah, past the revised page of Grisha, the Grisha verse, where all of a sudden the fold used to be, and now it looks like the unsee. The next page has <gasps> a map of the ice court. Oh, yeah, and it looks like, kind of like, um, what do I want to say? Kind of like the north west tribal animals on it yeah it's really well, yeah go, so we are going i would hope we'd the go map. there <laughs> it is and we have it to sure is Bo. so yeah and that's and bow's in there Bo. somewhere i know but hey that's what this entire <laughs> book is about so we will oh, find good. out don't worry all right so kaz is skeptical at all of this whole thing but he starts negotiating the price and they kind of sort of settle on 20 million gruge um <laughs> i want 20 million gruge of course um he so then remembers I. that he doesn't know what happened to the corporal nick 
and Van Eck tells him to follow him. And then we we find out we are in Hode's house. We're going to the boathouse that we were in in the first chapter. And, of course, there are several Ooh. guards just hanging out, staring blankly and not moving. Which I did not catch at first when I read that, by the way. When I first read that, I didn't catch that. Like, I didn't realize it till a little bit later that, like, oh, my yeah. God, yeah, that's right. The, they well, were so much happens in the second <laughs> chapter. Yeah. Kind of forget. <laughs> so uh, they they were t- they, he, he learns that they were testing a healer. And they thought that that was going to be less dangerous than testing a heart render. But obviously, mistakes have been made. Yes, <laughs> obviously. obviously. And then if we think about the first, we know that um, Jost has a little baby mustache because he wanted Anya to help him grow his mm-hmm. mustache. So, mustache. mustache. So, <laughs> so we hear, we see that there is a guard there with a little baby mustache. So we can connect those dots. Aww. Uh, so yep. within seconds of being given this param, she, the the woman, the healer, took control of their minds, telling them to wait. Remember the first chapter, we said, wait. So mm-hmm. now it just looks like they're all anticipating something, like when Joe said, all he can do is anticipate. She also yeah. told Ho to open the door. Again, if you remember, she's told the door. Yep. And uh, she told him to cut his thumb off, which apparently he did with a big smile on his face. creepy (laughs) i actually kind of want to see that i know that makes me the weirdest creep ever but like to watch (laughs) to watch somebody cut off their own thumb while just like smiling and me like not twitching at all (laughs) that's horrifying but but that's why i love you uh i well, maybe we will. Maybe they'll do that scene. Maybe it's <clears throat> maybe it's the sassy well, margaritas too. Who knows? <laughs> it could be. It probably is the sassy margaritas. I hope they. I hope they're bringing. They have an entrance in this whole like <laughs> podcast. They are in our podcast. Sassy well, margaritas. I just, sassy anyway. strong. There's 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 sassy margaritas from they sure um, are. Chili's baby back ribs because you can now get you can now Ooh. get um, alcohol to go in your car. That is insane. Chris told me that last night, and I thought that was like an alcoholic's dream. Like, you can now go by and just be like, "Hey, I want a margarita. Put it in a kid's uh-huh. cup." I just, I just went We're and not- like got four extra sassy margaritas, and I drove around with them in my that car. Is- that is insane. I used to be a server and hated it when customers would try to like take their bottle of like they'd want like a bottle of wine to take home but but like you could take it home if you opened it but like if it's a brand new bottle you can't take it and i don't know people were always like staying too late to like even go and get liquor so they try to buy it (laughs) off of us and like and they'd try to like i don't know always taking kid cups with like putting like rum and cokes in them yeah i worked at cotton eye joe's shout out if y'all know the song i actually freaking worked at that yep cotton eye joe so it was always like, you know, college night, Thursday night. So it would always be people with their stupid giant frozen margaritas. And they're like, can I take this to go? Really? Oh, my God. No, you are wow. going to. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm moving on. <laughs> okay, girl. Tangent. Sassy. Yes. Um, so 
once she got free after Hode opened the door and cut his thumb off all creepily, she got in a little boat and they supposed that she was heading to Ravka. Um, but her body was found washed up in the harbor, probably coming back for another fix since we now know that the addiction to this is so strong. So this is really, really sad because we've made the connection to who this person is. So we have Jost anticipating and Anya now dead. I need my journey parim. Give me my journey parim. Anything for a journey parim. It's like it's like a dick <laughs> for a journey. I was gonna say it's like a Klondike bar, but then you went there. <laughs> I did, girl. <laughs> just imagining these like crazy Grisha on like the sides of streets, with, like just shaking and just all shriveled Trade. and be like, "Give you a handy for it." <laughs> I just hit my head, y'all. Could you imagine the handy that oh, a Grisha wow. could give, though? <laughs> or like, oh my god. Like, all those magical powers. And like, if you got... Oh my god, that'd just be crazy. Like... <laughs> I love it. Oh man. I love I'm it. I'm gonna have to keel it out my nose. <laughs> That's not sexy at all. <laughs> well, I mean... If you really got like a corporal neck, like I mean, I don't know. I mean, they would be the ones that I mean, they're the they're the ones that like are the order if of the living like, and the dead. They could like control so your I, body. Well, if you're on this wow. jurda, you can. Remember, like I mean, you can actually now. Like if you're on this parem, I mean, you could probably suck a dick without opening <laughs> your mouth. I'm just like I mean. seeing all this new porn now. So all you cosplayers out there, <laughs> make, make a, a screech of porn, porn, please. We're just Fill me up with sassy oh margaritas and show me the screech of porn, please. Oh my god, you know what's really sad or silly? I bet my kid would love it. <laughs> that might have been too much information. <laughs> I know. Well. Woo! Yeah. He, that's totally his thing. So, well, anyways, let's go done. on before I like embarrass my entire family. <laughs> Woo! All right, bring it in. So now that we've hit this really sad part and talked about horrific things, um, so Cass senses the desperation in all of this, and he demands thirty million cruise. Mm. And Vanek reluctantly agrees and shakes Kaz's hand, which causes him to ask him about his gloves. Apparently there are several stories about Kaz's hands, um, including some pretty ridiculous things. But we all know Kaz is a man of few words. So he just says to pick a story because, quote unquote, they're all true enough. And that is where we end. Yeah. It was a weird place to that end. That is awesome. Perfect. So... And chapter three. Yeah. So it is now time Grisha for cast news. Grisha, Grisha cast news. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was. It was, but you know, we tried from being so far apart. So I mean, we there's only like, so much we can other. do. I mean, no, we can't. So uh, some really big news is Lee Bardugo's birthday was April sixth, um, and that is just. It's our queen, so and we she all turned have to 45, recognize that. Y'all. And have you seen this woman? She does not. 
She's so beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. She's so beautiful. So during our like little break from season one, um, Lee did quite a bit of stuff. I mean, she had um, she did an interview with Veronica Roth on the Twitch app, which is really cool because they talked about film adaptations. And she was on there with um, Veronica for like, I feel like it was 45 minutes to an hour. And Veronica Roth, by the way, is the one that does the Divergent series. So anyways, they um, Lee tells us that they got done with filming in time um, before Corona hit. Um, that they are in the editing process um, and they're still adding special effects. Um, still no date because Corona is making it hard for everybody. And here's some news we don't know. Definitely. Lee is in episode 103. Um, she says, yeah, she says in the throne room scene, she is in a Kefka on a stool in a nook. I love nooks. So when we get to, I know I do too. I have my own nook in my house and I even call my husband's like yes. arm and I lay on it. That's my nook. Nooks are the um, best. So it's amazing. So I can't wait to see her in there. She talks about how the experience was like, she was exhausted because she didn't realize how much standing <laughs> around you had to do, but everybody was really cool and nice. Um, they talked mainly about writing in this Twitch interview. Um, and how to write specific things. So if you are a writer, an upcoming writer, or want to learn more, if you can get, I don't know whether it's still on there or not, but I actually recorded it. So um, I was able to still have it. Um, I don't know. It just got a lot of, they gave a lot of really good advice for upcoming authors of how to do specific things. Um, she, we know that she's done with um, King of Scars 2, but she now says that she's in the revision process. And... She just also finished line edits on, it's called Blood and Miracles Project. It's a little Grishaverse thing. And this all was recorded and came out on the 7th of April, by the way, guys. So um, anyways, we've got some kind of small little Grishaverse thing coming out soon. We don't know anything else about it, but it's called Blood and Miracles. That's a fun name. So that's exciting. Uh, it is. So that's that was that. She did... Um, she also did some interview on, uh, I can't remember. It was on something else and I recorded it, but I didn't get to hear all of it. I have to go back and listen to the rest of that. So um, but that's all I got. We, I, I have um, a couple things. Um, Maya, they, them at underscore Lansov, which I need to figure out who this person is. Um, <laughs> I mean, Lansov. Um, <laughs> said i had to leave archie's live but one of the editors was on and they said that editing is still in process the editors are working from home okay. so nothing is being postponed so we are on time everybody's working at home That's like good. we're doing just right now and we're coming yeah and it's exciting so many other things that have stopped, is so that's good well, yeah, we re like they really yes. beat it. Like, I mean, they finished filming like right as thank all this goodness. stuff was like starting to shut down things. Because we would have. I just, know. Thank whew, God. That would have been bad. My God. I would have needed. I would have needed more. It would have been. Yeah. Sassy. <laughs> more sassy. Um, we also got girl. to see Rothkin cur currency, which I wish she would have said what exactly it was, based off of our conversation. I know. Um, but Lee, ex <laughs> I know, right? That would really help us um, out. So Lee explains that the center of the coin is Rafka's first altar, which is supposedly built on the site of what would become the Royal Chapel in Oz Alta. So two things in that. It's fun because we saw the currency, 
but I also love that she said supposedly built. It's in her story, <laughs> but it that kind of makes it a little wow. more like of a, a realistic story when you're like, well, supposedly it was like this. So I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, that is. That's a, well, we've had a couple weeks to collect that Woo! news, so we actually had some good news. <laughs> we did. And when you were speaking, it reminded me of something that I should have probably said in the beginning, but I just have to share the story real quickly. So um, my son was on the phone today and he was using it, but he doesn't know a lot about phones really, like text messaging or emails or anything like that or Twitter or any of that. Um, he knows how to play a game, but when it comes to anything else, he doesn't really know much about it. Um, and it was really funny because I was – he was using my phone, and when I came, when he came to give it back to me, he was like, "Oh, by the way, you, you got um, a text message is a text message from Lie Bardugo." <laughs> and I was like, and I looked at my oh. phone; it was just like a tweet that came out. But at first, I was like, "Lie Bardugo, Lee doesn't have my oh phone my number. God. How would she text me?" But I just thought at first it was just like my heart stopped, and then I realized no, he just saw a twit. That's what, yeah, no. notification came through. But it was so you funny. made your day for so, like 0.5 seconds. <laughs> 0. 0.5 seconds. And he called oh, her Lie. Bless. <laughs> lie Bardugo. So, <laughs> bless. So, let's um do our listener thank yous, girl. So, we got some. Um, I want to say our Twitter fans, we got UV at True Colors underscore 612. Thank you so yes, much. You. you are awesome. You really. You are just, you're very friendly. And I just, I love that you're shooting it out. I'm sorry. I said Yuri. It's UV. Sorry. UV, not Yuri. UV. And um, Abigail at Probably Abigail. Thank you so much um, for shouting out at us. Keep listening. Let us know what you think. Uh, From um, Instagram. Who you got, girl? It was on on her Instagram stories. Uh, Yes. Love the gram. I underscore Shahad 98. In her stories was doing some lovely little artwork and shouted us out and played a little clip of me calling out her hometown. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening Aww. and thank you so much for sharing with everybody. Yeah, and that artwork was beautiful. It really was. It was gorgeous. So keep doing your artwork. Keep listening to us. Share more. We'd love to see it. I hope it. we can inspire you while you're doing your artwork. Yes. Talking about blowjobs and Grisha's. Whoa. <laughs> and I'm the one drinking. I know, right? I'm I'm absolutely 100% sober over here, Pete. Yeah. So, anyway. I have to keep up with you. I know. You can, girl. You've done you're you're great. You got this. So, keep rating us on Apple. I think we have also hit where we are pretty much on all podcast platforms, so you should not have a problem finding us. Um, but next week we're going to be doing our next episode in season two. I just have to keep saying season two because I can't believe we're at season two. That's just crazy. Um, so we're going to continue reading on in six of crows. We're going to do the next three chapters, four, five, and six. Yay. I know. So, um, anyways. So everybody, it's my, it was my birthday on Monday. That's so, right. We didn't say we should have talked about that in the beginning. So what I want for my birthday from everybody is to shout us out on our socials. 
that's that, that is my birthday gift from everybody is to shout us out on our socials please and y'all be- y'all better do this. this is my best friend she asked for something she gets it so i mean no messing <laughs> around here okay i'll stick eric on you right i'm gonna come after you <laughs> And I'm not right. going to say how old I am. We're not going to do that. But Girl. let's just say it was my birthday. <laughs> That's all that matters, honey. Yeah. We aren't aging. We're ageless. So. And it was, it's and for all of y'all that have birthdays during this crazy time. Bless you. Bless you because I, I know what it was like and uh, just put it on hold. This is the first time I haven't been able to see you on your birthday, I think. I know. Yeah. Which is really sad. But your gifts are coming. <laughs> well, they're, you'll get to see them when we can see people again. But your you're gonna friendship love them. is my gift. Oh, honey, wait till you see what I got. <laughs> oh, it's, it's better than your friendship. I can't wait. I mean, I really <laughs> am excited about this one because Yay. I think it was on like our Chinese Christmas where I got you the same gift that your partner gave you, yes. <laughs> which was crap. But it's okay. So I had to like really think about this time this year and make sure that like yeah, there's no there, none of that's <laughs> happening again. So. <laughs> You guys just know me so well. We do. It was still funny, though. <laughs> oh, it was. So, it was cute. Well, it's been lovely, girl. We're doing it again. Um, and I guess I'm sorry, guys, that we're not doing it the way that, like, we don't none of the sound effects. It probably sounds different. But, you know, once all this passes over, we will be back in the studio. Believe me, we want to be back in the studio as much as you probably want to hear it. Oh, yes. We would much rather be together. Yes. And having all the fun and sitting in the studio. So... Anyways, well, you guys have a wonderful week. We'll see you guys next Friday. And yeah, peace out, guys. Love y'all. Love you. Bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and Facebook at GrishaCast.